You begin on a beach on a deserted island. Behind you is the ship that brought you here. It's on fire and you set the fire. To the west is a mob of angry pirates all bearing down on you to seek their revenge. To the east is rough terrain, rocky crags, and more beach. To the south is a jungle about a thousand feet away. But you've heard that it's haunted by a fell spirit, ancient, corrupted, dangerous. That's pretty much how session one is going to start. I've established that already with the players in detail. The question is, what will I do once they begin to take action? How will I prepare myself to handle the choices that they're going to make? And how can I make session one one to be remembered and one that sets the tone for the entire campaign? This is Anatomy of a Campaign. What's on deck is session one, and as you just heard, we're going to begin right in the middle of the action. We're going to start off with a big dramatic choice that's being enhanced by the pressure of onrushing pirates and imminent death. Always the best. I say dramatic choice because I don't think we're starting in combat. I don't think I'm going to start by saying roll initiative. What I'm going to put in front of the players is I'm going to remind them of the situation they're in, and they're going to see basically a hex map uh, on small scale that shows them the surrounding terrain, where the pirates are coming from, where the burning boat is, how far away the jungle is. I'm going to remind them that it's now nighttime, and so they might have the cover of darkness. And the choice for them is how they want to get out of this scenario, I think. If they choose not to get out of it, if they choose to take it head on, I think that's going to be a pretty difficult encounter for them. More than likely, I imagine they're going to do some blend of run and hide and come back to try to get this smaller merchant boat because right now it probably looks like the best way to get off the island. And that's where we're going to begin. So my goals are to really set the scene for them. I've done a lot of that already. I've put together a fairly robust document that weaves together the backstory information we got from session zero and from the email exchange that has occurred since then. And it talks in a lot of detail about what's going on with the characters and what led them to this moment, as well as capturing in writing all the different noodly frictional bits between the characters, which I think will be very helpful in, in watching some, some good role-playing happen. And then past that, my, my goal is to uh, prepare for the eventualities that can really arise from this situation, but more importantly, prepare to improvise. And that's what I'm going to talk about in this audio journal. I think there's two sides to the preparation. There's the mental preparation and what I'm going to call the physical preparation. The mental preparation is this whole idea of preparing to improvise, of thinking about the eventualities, thinking about the players, thinking about their backstories, thinking about what if I was in this scenario, what would I do, just to get myself mentally on board with what could possibly happen so that I, I am not coming at this flat-footed. Additionally, even this exercise of recording this, this audio journal is helping in that regard because it's helping to focus my uh, attention around 
well, what is it I'm trying to accomplish? I always find when you're looking to do something, knowing what the goal is, knowing what the what outcome you're seeking is really important. And the outcome I'm seeking is for everyone to have a chance to field test the character they've spent all this time now making. I've spent a lot of time over the past few years playing D&D. And the, I find that invaluable for a dungeon master. And what I've learned, and this is kind of a no-duh, but sometimes you forget when all you're doing is dungeon mastering. When you're a player and you built a character and you're excited about that character, you really want the opportunity to use that character in the way that you intended. The scenario I have is, is very focused on the action, at least at first, and I have to make sure that every single one of these five characters has the opportunity to maybe not shine, but at least has the opportunity to express themselves in some way, shape, or form. Combats naturally take care of that, which is why I think a lot of games kind of devolve into just a string of combats. Because you've got an initiative order, everyone takes a turn. And on your turn, you get to do whatever you want, or whatever you think you can. If you have something that's a little more open-ended, which I think this scenario is, it really comes down to people shooting out ideas on how we as a group can handle this ahead of getting into a combat situation. So I, in the mental preparation, I want to really think through that. I want to make sure I have an idea for if I was playing each of the characters, what it is I would want to be doing in the first session. This isn't about boiling the ocean or, or hitting a home run with each and every one of the characters. I won't, but I want all of them to have a moment or to have, or at least I know what I'd want to put in experience wise for these players and these characters to, to manage so that they feel like they have in fact field tested the character. And some of that is combat, quite honestly. There has to be, we, we want to roll some dice, we want to move some minis around. We want to roll damage. We want to kill stuff. 100%. All that has to be there. And I think if we do that and we manage to get in a little bit of role-playing, i.e. character expression, and maybe some tactical planning, this is all going to be a big old win. To a degree, what I've just said there is have a good think. And that's not excessively useful. So I want to give you an example of the kinds of tangible things that comes out of that thought process. I have a lot of backdrop information for each character that I need to take into account. Who they are, what they want, why they are the way they are, why they're in this situation. Through session zero and all the setup, we've just put a ton of emphasis on character backstory, essentially. How am I paying that off by having a battle, potential battle or engagement um, with pirates on a beach? And the answer is I'm not. That does none of that pays off the the backstory necessarily. It does pay off some of the elements of how they got into this specific situation, and that's great. But I'm not paying off who the characters are, and the scenario doesn't necessarily lend itself immediately to paying that off. One of the one of the approaches, tactics, things I'm going to do in in the first session is uh, employ flashbacks. Controversial in terms of any medium, in books, in movies, in role-playing games, and whenever you do a flashback, it has a couple of potential issues. The key thing with a flashback is no matter what you're doing, the story always must, things have to move forward. 
not just the story. Everything needs to be moving forward. So if you're going to do a flashback, it needs to not be a way for you to uh, provide just more exposition. That That is not a good flashback. What these flashbacks will be is I'm going to design a couple of different ways that I can provide a prior role-playing encounter for the characters based on what's functionally happening in the action of trying to get away or engage the pirates or being in the jungle. There's actually one key way I can do this to make it mechanically functional. In lieu of someone asking, hey, what do I know about surviving in the jungle, for example? What I can do is say, okay, great, roll survival or roll nature. And depending on the role they get, I can flip us into a past experience that they've had. Or if they're asking, what do I know about these pirates? Or, you know, it, it could be a clever way to take one of the characters and put them into a, into a past conversation that lets us role play through learning that information. And it's a, a critical way to, to convey new fun information, to provide twist information, but it's always moving the story, the immediate story forward. It's relevant information for now. Specifically, I want to introduce that there's something on the island that is both dangerous and desirable. It is a backpack from a fallen adventurer who came to the island, who is now dead. In that backpack is a journal that has lots of information, including the whereabouts that will lead to some of the other elements that other players are questing for. I'm going to hopefully have the opportunity to give a flashback to our shadow sorcerer so that she will be able to roleplay through having a dream encounter. I'm nesting a dream encounter with a flashback with an entity who's one of the big bads for the campaign because they want the backpack. And they're going to tell her that the backpack is on the island and they're going to encourage her to go to the island. But the role-playing encounter will require them to sort of navigate through this conversation with this entity that it's not really a dream. It's actually a, a dream projection of, of this very, very powerful entity. Things like that allow me to emphasize the role-playing and the story and the character that has been so central in our design work up until this point. Keep the story moving forward and add in little twists that I really couldn't do under normal circumstances. Believe it or not, I consider all of this under mental preparation. These aren't things that I'm necessarily physically working out. I'm not statting things out. I'm more thinking about different characters and scenarios, information, opportunities. I may take notes on this stuff just so I have it written down and I don't forget it when we're in the heat of the moment at the table. But overall, this is just. Think this fits into the category of things I'm thinking about, ideas I have, not necessarily physical things I'm preparing. The physical preparation, the quote-unquote physical preparation, because it's all virtual, is about th thinking on who are the adversaries and what are going to be the elements I need to run those ad adversaries, either within a combat or within a role-playing encounter. And I've done some basic work on that already. I know I have two ships filled with, let's just call them both pirates, even though one of them are pirates and the other set are more like um, merchant marines that also like to kill people. So pirates in training? Anyways, we've got the pirates and then we have the jungle and the island itself. And nested, nested within the jungle and the island 
is this threat of some fell thing that is haunting the place, for lack of a better term. Now, I really don't anticipate the characters getting deep into the jungle. If they did, that would be a lot of fun, and by fun I mean watching them die. They're really not up for it at first level. But in the shallow portions of the jungle, which I think is the highest possible potential for them to, to engage, the things that they can run into are, uh, there's, there's three that I've designed in my head. I'm going to reskin zombies and skeletons so that they are vine infested. In other words, it's a corpse that has vines from the jungle itself entwined within their bodies. And when they encounter them, they animate, they attack mechanically. They function exactly like skele skeletons and zombies. However, I'm going to add to each of them the ability with a fail after they've hit, if the PCs fail a save, the vines may attach themselves to the PCs and entangle them. And ultimately, if they were killed, they would become these vine infested undead. They're not technically undead. So like turn undead wouldn't work on them because it's more like the jungle themselves is the jungle itself is using these corpses as puppets, actual puppets. I like this idea. Maybe it's not super cool, but I think it'll creep them out enough, and it really brings to life the fact that the island is trying to kill you. The other thing that I have, in, two basically standard races that I have in my back pocket, and I'd be using material out of Volo's guide to support them, is uh, kobolds and grungs. I think the, the kobolds, in my mind, there's these tunnels underneath the jungle, and maybe a little bit under the, um, the beach where the, the kobolds have dug uh, tunnels and it's possible a PC could fall into them and then they're dealing with sort of this little kobold warren and uh, kobolds are a great low-level annoying creature. Um, I know that there's one player that I have at least uh, scarred for life with uh, kobolds having killed them. I think it'd be kind of fun to, to see uh, a big old kobold encounter I'd say this is the least likely thing that I will engage, though, because it gets us into an a, a deeper, almost dungeon engagement on the island that I'm not necessarily trying to avoid, but I'm not going to purposely lean into it unless my players do. So I have these, these four elements, pirates. I have uh, vine-infested, quote-unquote, undead. I have grungs. I have kobolds. This is kind of my playbook. These are the adversaries, at least from combat-style encounters that we can get to. And I think there's two key opportunities for role-playing. Of course, you can role-play with the Grungs and the Kobolds, but I think the pirates, and specifically the pirate captains, who I've established as personalities, can really come out. These are the type of folks they would be willing to bargain. There's the opportunity to negotiate with these guys, for sure, 100%. The players can talk their ways their way back onto one of those ships off the island. I mean, they'd have to do really well. They'd be const under constant threat of death here, but that is something they could pursue if they wanted to. The other thing is the, the jungle spirits. I think I've established, especially with the druid character, that there's something here 
and it's intelligent. And I think, you know, the idea that it can manifest these dead, I'd be very curious to see if some player, rather than when they encounter something like a corpse animating with all these vines sort of uh, writhing through the through the corpse, if they would choose to attack it or based on some knowledge they already have, might they choose to talk to it and therefore maybe even be talking to the island. Depending on how the player approaches that, how, how sort of compelling I find their quote unquote pitch in the moment, maybe how well the dice go, we could find ourselves where they're actually speaking to the island. Could they get the island to be allies with them? I think that would be awesome. Um, but, you know, going back to the point I made about preparing to improvise, these are just my ideas. These are the things I'm thinking of, and I'm going to be prepared to sort of riff off of these. If the players come up with some awesome idea that I hadn't thought of, I need to remain mentally flexible and open to that because that's where the juice is. That's where the fun is for me in these games in having them throw something at me that maybe I hadn't considered and looking for the creativity and the innovation to take that idea, run with it, and, and make a better story. What do I think is going to crush? What do I think can potentially suck? I think the complexity of the dramatic choice in front of them, meaning you're on the island, danger is bearing down on you, and it's a choice between an immediate danger that it doesn't look like you can handle and another not so immediate but potentially greater danger in going into the jungle itself i think that will spur a lot of team effort debate and hopefully action and i'm hoping that it also sets the stage for them to have not inner party conflict but inter-party debate and maybe some scenes between characters where we've established these bond aspects or bonds that, that can be played off of. So I'm, I'm hopeful that there's going to be a lot of player-to-player role-playing opportunities right off the bat in session one. I think that'll go really well. In terms of what will meet, has the potential to really not go so well is... I hate to say it, but it's the same thing. Right in the beginning, if they decide to treat this like a combat encounter, if they decide to stop and fight the mass of pirates head-on right here on the beach without finding a way to fall back and come at the and sort of redefine the nature of the battle, I'm not going to say that that just simply won't work because I don't know. But I'd be very shocked if a party of five first-level characters is capable of handling 12 to 24 pirates. Plus, they also don't know that there's a warlock amongst the pirates. That being said, I'd be shocked if they took that path. I think we could, though, find ourselves in a position where, you know, the intent of the campaign is to start in this encounter on the island put them under pressure, put them in a very dangerous spot. But I'm not intending to run a campaign on this island. My hope is that they get the hell off the island, back to quote-unquote civilization, and then we really start the campaign from there, and that this experience becomes the thing that really glues the characters together. It could be, though, that 
they just decide to run very deep into the jungle or they decide to go a different route. There's lots of potential for them to take the campaign off of any potential rails uh, that I have in store and that'll put a lot of onus on me to figure out how to get things not back on track because I don't think this takes it off and there is no track to be on or off as long as I have character motivations if they decide to proactively go seek something else out that's fine I'm very happy to to spec that out and go after it but I'm talking here specifically about what could not be so much fun for everybody if they become paralyzed by the choice, they feel overwhelmed by it, if they perceive it as a no-win scenario, um, that is not fun for anybody. And that's the thing that I have to really guard against. I think because of the prep work I've done and by sending them a lot of information in advance and giving them a chance to consider what they want to do in the opening moments of the, of the story, I don't think we'll get there. But there's always the possibility. Anything can happen. So that's it. That's planning for session one. Obviously, there's a lot that's going into this. I'm really just trying to hit the highlights. Otherwise, this audio journal would be about 90 minutes long, and no one wants to listen to me drone on for that long. The key things are that I've provided a lot of material for the players ahead of time in setting up session one. We're going to begin in the middle of the action. They're going to be stranded. They've got enemies bearing down on them, and they have this dramatic choice to make. I've put them in this situation where they have to choose from column A, column B, column C, or some other thing that they make up uh, to try to do. I have in my head, I'm going to have a couple of different maps and scenarios that I think generically can be repurposed for different things that they do. I've determined that there are about four different physical adversaries that they can face and in at least two to three of those scenarios i've also identified some role-playing opportunities some personalities the captains of the pirates the spirit of the jungle i'll likely do some thinking about the grungs and the kobolds in terms of how i want to portray them and could they negotiate that with them as well i'm always open to that but that becomes the essence of the prep it's thinking about things from the player's perspective and trying to get in their shoes and get the mental mantra of what if I was a player? What would I want? What would make me love this session? Thinking about that, making sure that I have the materials necessary to pivot and run with whatever direction they decide to go in. And that is uh, stats on enemies as well as uh, maps that I can throw up maps that I can throw up does not sound very appetizing maps that I can put in front of them to run the encounter with no one should be throwing up maybe that would be a great thing maybe that should be the, the key performance indicator for this session if somebody throws up then we'll know that it was a success absolutely not so I think we're gonna have a great session one and the next uh, time I'm, I'm audio journaling I'm gonna be talking about how it all went off and really looking forward to that. I think I'll be able to talk about things in a little more detail so that you'll be able to have listened to this, know, hey, this is what he was planning on doing. These are the things he's thinking of. I can report back on how they worked, what choices they actually did make, and, and how that overall went in general. And that becomes the next pivot point to prepping for session two. Always got to be thinking ahead. This has been Anatomy of a Campaign. 
If you enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing, throwing us a review, or sharing with your other gamer friends. Thanks for listening.